Just touch the meat, all right? Or take a Ziploc bag, put your hand in it, handle your meat, and then throw the Ziploc bag away. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. But we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbed. It uh, looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. What? Oh, he's got a gun. He has got a gun. Got a gun. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is not going to end very well. Not That's why I'm voting well. for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits on KFI. KFI AM 640 more stimulating talking to Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10 p.m. with everything that happened here in the Southland between uh, between Friday noon and um, when we go to press right here at 8 p.m. Though uh, there, we are taking a mulligan. There might be accidents uh, or homicides up until midnight. But as of now, as of uh, 8 p.m. here on Sunday night here in the Southland. Um, uh, a pretty bloody weekend on the roads, but uh, the good news for all of you out there in Los Angeles is, um, uh, is if, as far as I read it here, there were more pot-bellied pigs uh, murdered than humans. Yeah! So, uh, evidently, we'll, we'll get to that. When a pot-bellied pig is a pet and not livestock, you, you killing it is a felony. If it's livestock and you're going to eat it, not a, not a felony. Um, the, a, a lot of hit and runs and accidents. The one accident that, let me just say beforehand, the person in the accident is not dead. In fact, they're going to be released from Antelope Valley Hospital. But a local YouTuber who, uh, I guess he's lame duck G, but he was driving around the Lancaster area live streaming I guess the very gripping uh, monologue he was doing about driving around, you know, all the excitement of driving around the Palmdale area on side road. So he's live streaming that. He rolls through a stoplight and he gets T-boned by a big rig. And this is all happening while he's live streaming. That doesn't sound good. Oh, no. it's uh, The sound is awesome. <laughs> oh, is that not what you meant? No. Oh, yeah. No. What I was well, at. as radio guys, we got to look at it that way. There you right? go. So, in fact, here it is. I got the day free, so there's no really any rush to go home. But so he's, I'm driving. He's in not looking. Roasters. Roll. Oh God! <laughs> so there. Yeah, he's fine. He's alive. Oh, okay. But he he rolled through a stoplight. But um, he did scream like a girl. He he did. <laughs> He did. So I would like to point out, it, it actually, the sound is very good. Uh, I, I got this. He was in a Chevy, so it, the acoustically, it sounded pretty good. Day free. So there's no really any rush to go home, but I'm driving in that area. Oh, thank God I'm off. Look the left. Oh, God! So that was live on YouTube. And so that that's how it got auto-uploaded, because the broadcast ended, and YouTube sits there when, like, when I do YouTube streaming, and sometimes... Uh, we lose the Wi-Fi signal here, and why wouldn't we? We're a you know leading-edge uh, worldwide multimedia company. So here in this backwater of the media called Burbank, California, you know we're only a block away from Pixar. <laughs> so, um, when why when I lose the Wi-Fi signal here, it'll upload everything up to that point. So that's why this got uploaded. It's not like the guys in the ambulance on the way to Antelope Valley Hospital titling it. Go ahead and go. I totes get T-boned. Take that, Jake Paul. I got the day free, so there's no really any rush to go home, but I'm driving in that area. Oh, thank God I'm off the dirt. Oh, God! So, uh, yeah, his vehicle, a lot of damage. Isn't that worse than driving intexticated while you're, you know, sit there trying to monologue well, while you're driving? Points. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. He's, that's, that's the deal. Uh, they said that when he gets out, he might be charged. But with what? He he wasn't distracted texting. driving. He was talking out loud. Uh, you know that's like being on the phone. Is he looking at the camera he's, at he, times? He was looking around, and and all, in fact, they have a screenshot right before he's whacked. He has these he has these Peter Paul and Mary round mirror sunglasses, and you can see the reflection of a red, a bright red big rig that is just about to whack him. I got the day free, so there's no really any rush to go home, but. I'm driving in that area. Oh, thank God I'm off the dirt. Oh, God! So, there. I'm thinking, Your Honor, it's obvious he was distracted because he went through a light. Or was it a stop sign? Ah, they said he rolled through a stop sign. You know, from a dirt road okay. onto, onto the Pear Blossom, Pear Blossom Highway 138. And you didn't notice a big rig until it was too late. And, uh, no. 
Yeah, and you know, and so he'll he'll if wow. if the prosecutor there in Palmdale wants to, if L.A. County wants to nail him, they have this real time evidence of him. But he looks like he's looking around. As I said, he's he's monologuing, uh, doing all of his fascinating narration, and uh, no wonder he has fifteen hundred subscribers. And and no serious injury from that. I've got like five thousand. <laughs> By I've the got, way, the average yeah. view time of my videos is like twenty one minutes. No, no accidents, no nothing. So, so this guy's okay. He didn't get. He's okay. Seriously. He is. Uh, oh, that's good. He is okay. Right. He, he will. He will live to see this. I'm driving in that area. Oh, thank God, I'm off the dirt. Oh God. Yeah. So, so anyway, uh, there, there is that. We had a big weekend in the NFL. We'll, we'll talk with Kevin Figures, uh, El Sportsball Caliente, next hour about the San Diego Chargers and some of their pickups. Uh, a very interesting free agent, a guy who's going to be at the Chargers camp. Uh, was a survivor of the James Holmes, the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting. Uh, and he's going to be uh, in the San Diego Chargers camp. Uh, the Rams drafting many, many individuals, m- many of them outstanding. We'll talk about that, plus a big weekend. Uh, a lot of first-round game sevens in the NBA. And then a high-profile benching for manager Dave Roberts of your Los Angeles Doyers. So Kevin Figures from our, our uh, distant cousin station, AM570 KLAC, your home of the Dodgers, will join us uh, next hour. So the weekend started very tragically. The, uh, there, were, there were fiery vehicle accidents, hit and runs, a very deadly weekend. On the uh, on the roads, uh, Friday around 8 p.m. on Foothill Boulevard in Tohunga was a uh, motorcycle versus SUV. Two people on a motorcycle uh, killed by an SUV, which didn't stop to render aid. Earlier tonight, there was a large group that gathered at the Crow's Nest, a bar that's about two blocks up the street, and then they walked down here to the scene where the accident happened last night. The couple had been at that bar last night when they were leaving and were struck by the driver of a Chevy Tahoe who didn't stop to help and fled the scene. Founded the memorial for James Bellissimo and his fiance Ari Turek. The couple unknowingly took their last motorcycle ride together Friday night. Police say a Chevy Tahoe making a left turned into the motorcycle's path on Foothill Boulevard. Ari died on scene. Paramedics took James to a hospital, but he did not survive. The driver kept going and later ditched the SUV. Ryan McKnight is James's brother-in-law. You know, if it's any consolation, they, you know, it was uh, a perfect time to them to be together and, and go together. And there's a uh, memorial outside the Crow's Next. As they said, there uh, that was from uh, uh, Channel 7. I forgot the call letters uh, down down the road there, and uh, the uh, the man Bellissimo was a Iraq veteran, uh, a young guy. They were about to get married. It's a really horrible thing. This I don't know what the deal is, and I mean, I anecdotally I can't compare this to other parts of the country I've lived in. Um, I know that living in the Bay Area a long time, uh, I, I I recall hearing it um, frequently there. I rarely heard about it in Utah, rarely heard about it in Portland or Seattle. There's some about Southern California and maybe the Bay Area about hit and runs. Because, man, I mean, just eliminate the judgment of the human decency that you lack if you hit someone in a vehicle and don't stop to render aid. But the bad decision-making on that, what is a bad situation with what you just did? You have just quadrupled the penalties by running, and then you ditch the vehicle, and you don't think um, they're going to question you about what you were doing Friday night. It just it it never. I I don't I don't know what the got away with it rate for hit and run is because there were a couple this weekend, and uh, we'll we'll get to another one. I think they're but, maybe in in uh, imbibing or maybe undocumented. I or yeah. I think I think I think we can probably assume that your judgment's impaired by by alcohol or maybe some other situation, but uh, I I just can't I can't recall in ten years hearing of a hit and run that wasn't solved. You know, it, it sometimes it takes eight days, nine days, but CHP, this is what they do. They will find you. And and when they find you, you you didn't just cause that accident. Which, by the way, here's the other thing: it may be just an accident. I you see people leaving what were what appear to be just accidents and hauling ass. 
And you're in a different ball. You went from single A to major league to all-star. When you, when you leave the scene of an accident, man, you, you are in the upper echelon. And uh, that's, that, that doesn't end well. Uh, here in California. I've seen them kind of get a pass when they say, well, I was just scared. They, they can, they can try. Yeah. You know, but everybody knows. I mean, it's this is not a mystery that leaving the scene of an accident is a crime in California that's taken very, 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 very seriously. As it should be. Yeah. Not like uh, stealing a handgun or committing a violent felony and getting out. No, no. No, this is this. California takes this very seriously. All right, when we come back, we'll continue down the, the toll of accidents uh, here during the weekend. A fiery one in Vermont Knowles when we come back. It is Super Hype Local Sunday. Uh, producer Joey Murata, Josh Saylor in the other room, and Michael Chappé. Brian sits here until 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. KFI AM 640. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian suits in here until 10 p.m. This week's focus, obscure pop song from South Africa from the early 60s. I don't know, producer Joey. It's really tough to beat Burt Camfort and his orchestra. This particular hit, a swing in safari. You've spent time in the Middle East. Oh, yeah. Can you think of any other South African hits that we're missing here? I don't know, man. This was the one that I would always hear. And again, the '60s. So don't don't go do the obvious thing and say Paul Simon, and and his uh, his Renta band. Isn't that the theme for Match Game? Was it? Some TV game. Yeah. No, I know, man. Yeah, I wonder. Not the Burt Convy one. The original one. I don't know. This this tune. Well, you know what? Uh, we'll put the crack staff on that. It's an undeniable uh, finger snapper, though, isn't it? Yeah. Sounds a little different, the uh, the Match Game theme song, though. Uh, but it was a, probably a riff on this. Yeah. You know, as far as uh, apartheid uh, hitmakers go, Burt Camfort uh, really stood out. Is it Match Game or What's My Line? Uh, probably Match Game. What's My Line is way old. Yeah. But uh, well, we'll get an answer because uh, a rap on this show, and one that I accept responsibility for, is leaving questions open-ended. And I don't, I, I don't like doing that. Um, I don't seem like an anal person, but I like things to have a beginning and an end, a nice pointy one. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll settle these. Yeah, no loose ends. The, um, so the deal is uh, homicides here in the Southland. Uh, and, and again, the reason I highlight this is just to give everyone the context of remember 20 years ago when, when you know, the fact that we're not talking about a dozen shootings from the Valley to Compton to the LBC and the whole thing. Uh, of course, uh, homicide is tragic and it still happens, but uh, we're, we're not seeing what we uh, what we used to. And uh, a very tragic homicide uh, involving a 15-year-old girl has LAPD um, searching for the suspected gunman. The investigation is underway after a teenage girl was gunned down while with her mother at a burger stand in the Manchester Square area of South L.A. 15-year-old girl was shot in her chest around 9 p.m., uh, outside the Best Burger near Western and 77th Place, distraught family members said the girl was waiting with her mom for her food when the shooter pulled out a gun and opened fire. The victim uh, was later identified by loved ones as Hannah Bell, uh, transported to a nearby hospital. She was pronounced dead. The detectives were searching for surveillance video from the cameras that surround the businesses to help track down uh, the gunman. And then, <clears throat> as of uh, press, as a, as of press time tonight, they uh, don't have an arrest. Different situation out of Big Bear. Um, with the death of a five-year-old girl Friday, that made the Wednesday arrest on child abuse a murder charge. Authorities believe Julia Moore, 34, and uh, 63-year-old Janet Putnam abused the child. On Monday uh, last week, around 3 a.m., pediatricians and social workers from Loma Linda University Children's Hospital called San Bernardino County Sheriff's Detectives about a five-year-old girl who was under their care who had been transferred from Big Bear. The child had suffered multiple injuries. While staying at the home during the investigation, authorities determined the injuries were not an accident and intentionally inflicted on the child. DCFS then removed five other children from that home. On Wednesday, the two women, Julia Moore and Janet Putnam, Putnam were arrested on suspicion of child abuse. When the child died on Friday, uh, the 34-year-old Julia Moore's possible charges were then changed to murder and child abuse resulting in death. The 63-year-old Putnam faces felony child abuse Charges anyone with more information was urged to call Detective Kathy Oros 
Uh, and uh, here's the number. Uh, anyway, at, uh, at Big Bear. So uh, those are the, 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 the one was not a homicide until Friday. So two, two children dead uh, in uh, that situation. More car accidents. And we'll, uh, we'll run these down <clears throat> um, uh, here uh, when we get back. But uh, just, just to remind you, this guy who was live streaming for his YouTube channel, and I want to say it's Lame Duck G, letter G, Lame Duck G. Um, for real? I, I, yeah. Duck. Yeah. Um, well, though I don't know if he's terming out from some elected office or not. I'm not sure. He's just Lame Duck G. But uh, this guy is alive and is going to be uh, checking out of the hospital. So this, so we're not making fun of a dead guy. But uh, this guy live streamed on Pear Blossom Highway, him being hit by a truck. I got the day free. So there's not really any rush to go home, but... I'm driving in that area. Uh, thank God I'm off the dirt. Oh, God! And then the truck hits. So uh, so we'll, we'll have more of that. Uh, when... What was the point of that whole thing? Anyway. I, I, we watched. There was a longer segment of it. He's just driving around dirt roads off of the 138 oh. in, uh, in Pear Blossom Highway in that area uh, around Little Rock, California, just east of, of Palmdale. And it's like, what is? are you the Anthony Bourdain of, uh, like, boring taco stands? Or what? Because that would be that would be my route. It would be head east out of Palmdale on the 138. Stop everywhere, um, and then do do your witty banter. So uh, just you know, again, know your audience. So uh, all right, more on that when we come back. It is, and also a double murder in Simi Valley that sent a man to jail. Uh, could the actual culprit be the Golden State Killer? That and more coming up. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10 p.m. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. Stab a sorry heart with your favorite finger. KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian suits in here until, until 10 p.m. If anyone cares, Richard Blade is hosting, uh, I guess, a Smiths concert here in L.A. tonight. So the Smiths, so that happened. Um oh. Where's uh, that at? I, he tweeted it out, and I was going to give the information, but I think it starts at 9. But a um, little heads up there, young Dick Blade, next time. <laughs> and, um, so uh, a really ugly accident yesterday, uh, at, at least in this case, uh, there is an arrest, not a hit and run, but a, uh, <clears throat> a drunken motorist man in a, in a vehicle hitting a van with five people uh, three dead and and uh, dead uh, in in the van which was burning. Um, some heroes came forward to help put the, or attempt to put the van out, but it was uh, too late. That's right, Giovanna and Jory. Witnesses say that the suspect that caused this deadly crash was under the influence, drunk. They say you can see live behind me here. This remains a very active scene. Authorities waiting for the coroner to arrive on scene to remove the victim's body. This fiery crash, all caught on cell phone video. We must warn you, may find it disturbing. A fiery tragedy caught on camera in South LA as a van explodes in flames after a deadly crash. The victims all trapped inside. I heard a uh, lot of voices, and I heard like a babies, and um, I heard like saying, "Help, help! Oh my God, help, help!" Three of the victims' children. Two of them didn't survive, including an infant. I saw a girl like a teenager girl she came out of the band and um i i i think she was already burning but she was like trying to find somebody inside the car and she pulled a like a little girl or boy i didn't saw it real well what she is describing is well apparently a, a, a teenager in the van came out uh, on fire and uh, went back and and rescued, I guess, a relative, uh, someone who was young. But but uh, th uh, the, of the three killed, uh, two are children. The motorist uh, is under arrest because he didn't get far. He he tried to. Apparently, the guy ran a red light, uh, but the vehicle was still uh, was still mobile, and. Uh, and uh, he had tried to, tried to get away, hit another vehicle, uh, and uh, and then he rolled out. 
Uh, now, why why this? I, I didn't I didn't see any pictures of what the van was. I don't know what the van was before it was hit. I mean, what the I can't make out what the make was. But for it to go up like that, uh, I mean, I, I I get you know if a guy's running a red light and he hits you at uh, at a high rate of speed, and that's what they're saying. He was hitting. He was you know heading between like forty and fifty miles an hour. Didn't even slow down to the red light. T bones his vehicle. Um, uh, and so at, at that point, I guess all bets are off. But you were hearing in that video the bangs of the fuel tank and things like that. And the vehicle was fully involved. So it burst into flames after getting T-boned. I guess. Hmm. And and they uh, and Channel 7 talked to a guy uh, at a, who owned a local restaurant who ran out there with a fire extinguisher. But according to all the cell phone video that all the different outlets have, uh, you know, if you're wondering, well, who's sitting around taking cell phone video when there's people in this car that needs to be rescued? The thing was fully involved, uh, it looked like, right off the bat. And uh, But they did talk to a guy who, who tried getting out there to do something. Two adults and three kids were inside this burning van when Good Samaritans jumped in to help. The kid was, he was, I guess, the closest. I guess, I guess, you know, it was just get him out first. He was screaming, I guess. It screams like it's like I kind of felt his pain, you know. Like I mean, I was burning too, but like uh, I didn't even like at the moment I didn't notice it. This man only wants to be identified as Mr. Castillon. Mr. Castillon. He was at his restaurant on 76th Street in Hoover in South LA when he heard an explosion and, without thinking, grabbed a fire extinguisher and ran toward the flames. <laughs> One of the kids' seatbelts was stuck, and he remembered that he had a knife in his pocket. Grab it, cut it, and let go of the knife, and I grabbed the kid, and I, you know, put him, put him on set. Get him away from fire. So, I mean, good for this guy. Th- this guy went to the sound of, of the peril uh, with the fire extinguisher and, uh, like like a proper man, had a knife with him uh, and, and rescued a kid, saved the kid's life. Oh, so, he did? Yeah. Oh. Cut the kid out, you wow. know, cut the seatbelt because uh, it because it was stuck. And, and that's, by the way, like kind of the number one reason that you should be keeping a knife with you is that if anything happens in your vehicle and you can't reach the – if you're upside down – uh, and you can't unbuckle because there's too much pressure on that lock. You cut yourself free, then cut other people free, and then break the window with your knife and, and all that. So that for no other reason uh, do that. But, I mean, good for this guy. This guy could have stood back and shot YouTube video you know, or whatever, but he went there with a fire extinguisher and saved a life. Hmm. So good for Mr. Castellan. Uh, um, uh, it, it, you know, in a really horrible story, it's uh, nice to see that uh, there was there was some good news. Well, it's been an issue for years. Of course, you all know Santa Monica Boulevard uh, or California Highway 2. Uh, perhaps you, you know it as that. Uh, but do, have, do you know about Little Santa Monica Boulevard? Little Santa Monica Boulevard, if there's traffic and you're on the inside, you pop off on Little Santa Monica Boulevard, you obey the speed limits, <clears throat> you obey the stop signs and the stop lights, and then sometimes you can get a jump on some of the traffic on Santa Monica. Well, that's not what happened on Friday night. A SUV, looks like a Land Rover, full of young women, uh, decided to speed on Little Santa Monica. And then the end result, uh, two young women dead. That fatal crash happened here in one of the busiest areas of Beverly Hills. Police have now arrested the driver. They say she is suspected of being under the influence. The horrific solo vehicle crash happened on Little Santa Monica Boulevard. Rescuers treating some of the victims after they were ejected from an SUV. Police say the white BMW was traveling near Wilshire Boulevard around 1.30 this morning. The car was traveling eastbound and lost control at some point in the intersection or ended up overturned in the roadway. Six women traveling in the vehicle, all but one in their 20s, were rushed to a hospital where two of them died. The driver, who was also injured, has been arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence. Yeah, so it sounds like not a, not a lot of seatbelt use there. 1.30 a.m. in the BMW SUV on Little Santa Monica. And the way I looked at it, there's, it's, it's, a, it's a weird side street. But right up at the edge of the road are these, are these curbs, not sidewalk, but curbs. And they, they rolled up on a curb, hit a palm tree, the vehicle rolls. The unseatbelted uh, people are ejected out. Uh, two dead. The driver, I don't know if she was belted in or whatever, but it was uh, the Beverly Hills PD goes on to uh, to blame speed, but uh, there's something certainly, else. Uh, we believe that alcohol is going to play a factor or may play a factor in this, and certainly speed is uh, potentially also 
involved. involved. Mm, yeah, and so uh, we don't know the identities of the dead or the driver, but it's uh, Beverly Hills, Little Santa Monica Boulevard, a, a, a pricey SUV. My spidey sense tells me that um, somebody's going to be lawyering up with a pretty expensive lawyer uh, on that one. All right, um, when we come back, yes. The YouTube collision guy driving around the Enlo Valley live streaming his fascinating road trip, and it ends It ends with an accident. Good news is he's in the hospital. He's going to be out of the hospital. Uh, he's tweeting pictures. He's fine. But uh, but the story behind the video, um, and, and again, us gratuitously playing the moment when he's hit by the truck, uh, we'll get back to that. Also, will Pelicans ruin the graduation at Pepperdine University? The answer right after this from video. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here until 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here until 10 p.m. We will uh, we'll get to the caravan at the... U.S.-Mexican border, and uh, apparently all this stuff that we owe everyone else on the er face of the earth when they arrive at a big fence want to jump into uh, America. But the story that we've been teasing by playing the sound effect of the uh, guy hit by the truck while he was live streaming on the YouTube. This guy could be the poster child for distracted driving. Oh, wait. I just want to play it again. I got the day free, so there's no really any rush to go home, but... I'm driving in that area. Oh, thank God I'm off the dirt. Oh, God! Uh, all right. So he on Reddit, he posted a picture from the hospital. Uh, and then Antelope Valley. And then uh, this report from uh, from NBC4 um, specifies that he's okay. And he's going to be uh, released from Antelope Valley uh, Hospital. But here is the report with all the details. This guy could be the poster child for distracted driving. You Police think? suspect that he ran a stop sign while on his phone. And got hit by that truck. I just want to get off this dirt road, dude. Just give me a headache. David Slavitt is a 32-year-old blogger from Claremont who was live streaming his trip yesterday through the Antelope Valley. Maybe we can see what's around here, and I'll stop off at some cool, like, redneck station place to eat, like some uh, tourist trap or something. What kind of a travel log? 165th Street and Avenue T. He was clearly engrossed in his live interactions. And then this. I got the day free, so there's no really any rush to go home, but I'm driving in that area. Uh, thank God I'm off the dirt. Oh, God! Slavitt was T-boned by a big rig. In fact, you can see its reflection in his sunglasses. Well, this is a, a case in point for the dangers of, of distracted driving. You know, this individual luckily did not lose his life in this collision slavitt was airlifted yeah. here to antelope valley hospital thank you patrolman obvious oh he was airlifted yeah uh, and by the way did you catch the address of the accident fifth street at avenue t thank you <laughs> avenue t-bone avenue t <laughs> fifth street at avenue t he was clearly engrossed in his live interactions and then this i got the day free so there's no really any rush to go home but I'm driving in that area. Uh, thank God I'm off the dirt. Oh, God! Yeah! That was not part of the video. Um, yeah, so uh, so there you go. There's the, uh, there's the guy. The poster. And let me uh, let me just get to the part where this is, of course, CHP. I would be remiss if I didn't play the full CHP warning, uh, which uh, I guess I should say this. Um, attention, dumbasses. If you are driving, listening to this show, I congratulate you on your excellent taste in radio shows. But at the end of the day, if in fact you are a dumbass and you're going to want to hear this warning from the CHP. Was T-boned by a big rig. In fact, you can see its reflection in his sunglasses. Well, this is a, a case in point for the dangers of, of distracted driving. You know, this individual luckily did not lose his life in this collision. Slavitt was airlifted here to Antelope Valley Hospital with moderate to major injuries. He and everybody else on the road at the time was lucky. This could have been a family of five going to school or, or work. And the, the, the fact of the matter is the fact that he's the only injury. That would have to be the ass family, by the way, comprised of dumb, smart, 
uh, kick. <laughs> um, so family, seriously, family of five. Kids, keep it down. I'm live streaming on YouTube. Like, the kids are going to allow that. And, and by the way, I do have a tearful confession here. I did actually buy a long, flexible arm, a smartphone holder that suction cups onto the inside of your windshield. Because I thought, well, um, you know, if I am if I have downtime, if I'm driving into KFI, maybe for Dark Secret Place, maybe I'll live, I'll do like a teaser of what's coming up on Dark Secret Place or uh, or uh, Super Hyper Local Sunday, the show you're currently listening to. Audio only, right? Oh, no, no. Oh, it doesn't have to be. Cool. And, and, uh, and, and so I tried it once. And two things happened. The signal was so bad, but I'm a Sprint customer. Sprint, evidently, uh, in the fine print, it says uh, you must tolerate absolute crap signal at all times, at all places. I missed that. But I kept the signal kept dropping. It wasn't strong enough to maintain a YouTube video stream. And then secondly, um, it, it, it just, I, I, I concentrate on driving too much. It, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, it's not the proper time to be broadcasting. And, and I do broadcasting for a living. And I know that to actually do it well, you have to concentrate on what you're doing. Like in my case, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm admonished by phone uh, if I break the 10 ums per hour rule. Uh, other people on the station can call it KFI AM uh, 640. I, I can't. I get, I get admonished for saying um. So I, I, I try not to. I concentrate not on, on not doing that. And also you got to concentrate on, not, in my case, not dropping F-bombs all over the place. So I, I, I get it. What I discovered when I'm driving and trying to do that is that I can't do that. I, I can't actually maintain a thought. So when you have someone like Lame Duck G who's doing this, I'm sure he's, he does a fine, fine YouTube feed uh, when he's sitting there in the basement of, of the science building or whatever. But driving around the Antelope Valley, not his forte. I got the day free. So there's no really any rush to go home, but I'm driving in that area. Uh, thank God I'm off the dirt. Oh, God! So... Bottom line, I don't want to be the guy. If I can't do it, you can't do it. If if I if if I can't do it, and I can multitask like a freaking octopus. Uh, but if I can't do it, you can't do it. And I only tried it once. And because, frankly, most people, uh, their stream of consciousness is not that interesting. You probably shouldn't do it anyway. Now, if you could guarantee something like this every time, I got the day free, so there's no really any rush to go home. But. I'm driving in that area. Uh, thank God I'm off the dirt. Oh, God! Yeah, so even I'll subscribe. So, again, for the record, the guy's okay. He's alive. He's going to be released from Antelope Valley Hospital. I, I'd imagine there will be some brush with death video and then the merch. You know, I was, and, and I'm, I don't wish any, you know, the, the most annoying human for 100 miles of where we are here at KFI, the most annoying human in existence is Jake Paul. The 21-year-old YouTuber, former star of Disney's Bizarre Vark, whose entire purpose in life is to roll golf carts and show us his abs, sell socks and T-shirts, and do YouTube videos. The guy's clearing six to eight million bucks wow. per month. Her, hate him. I don't begrudge him his success. It's just that I, I just hate the fact that I can't replicate idiocy. Right. I, and, and, and capitalize on it. No. And the, the people who, who my demographic don't reward idiocy that's why i my demographic of highly educated uh kfi listeners uh, who who are politically uh, conscious and historically uh smart and uh, care about issues in southern california they don't want to see me roll a golf cart so i can't do that stuff so there you go uh, all right it's a super April local sunday when we come back the caravan the gig what's uh what's 50 yards long and is full of virtue signaling. Uh, the caravan, we'll get to that. And the guy who killed a pot-bellied pig with a machete, uh, that and more. And uh, El Sportsball Caliente, Kevin Figures, joining us next hour with the Rams and the Chargers draft and the NBA and the rest of it. It is Super Bowl Local Sunday, KFI, AM 640, more stimulating tuck. I'm driving in that area. Uh, thank God I'm off the dirt. Oh, God! <laughs> Super Hyper Local Sunday with Brian Suits. Well, we start with breaking news from Hollywood. People stabbing. Uh, it looks like we're coming to a stop out here. The door is open. This guy is getting out of the vehicle. He's getting out. What? Oh, he's, he's got a gun. He's got a gun. There, he's got a gun. It's not going to end well. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is not going to end very well. Right? That's why I'm voting for Eric Garcetti. Super Hyper <clears throat> Local Sunday <clears throat> with Brian Suits on KFI. KFI, AMC, 40 more stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian Suits in here until 10 p.m. We'll have 
Our obligatory sports break with El Sportsball Caliente. Kevin Figures from AM570. Your home of the Dollars, uh, KLAC, on uh, the Pedro Money Show. We'll have him coming up. Also, uh, some movie talk as if, like, it's needed um, and, and stuff. The, you know what? We might combine it with uh, El Cinema Caliente, uh, Kevin Figures, as well. I think he and I are in the same boat about uh, the Avengers. Well, you're, uh, you, you saw it if you were watching... Uh, cable news this morning, uh, and I pity you if you were, but CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, uh, but specifically Fox around 10 a.m. went live at the border where the caravan packed f- into five old school buses. Hundreds of Central American migrants arrived at the U.S. border Sunday for a rally to be followed by a planned mass attempt to apply for asylum in a direct challenge to the Trump administration. Because, of course... You know, what right do we have to control who comes into our country, right? That's, you know, and, and uh, but anyway, there were uh, lots of American lawyers, uh, ACLU types and, and immigration reform types, who were amongst the crowd. They're advising uh, a lot of the migrants in, in what exactly the phrase it pays are when they approach American immigration officials. And it's pretty standard about, uh, I feel threatened by sex trafficking if I go back to insert name of Central American country here. Uh, The migrants, many traveling with children, left a downtown Tijuana shelter where they had been staying. Police with flashing lights escorted the buses to a cross-border rally at a Pacific Ocean beach. So thank you, Tijuana police. Uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought I read that sign. I thought it said that I could park here and that I slugged the meter. But you're saying that that sign's wrong, but if I pay you $50 right here... We can take care of it. Those Tijuana police? Yes, those Tijuana police. Donde esta el donkey dance? Uh, the migrants, well, I already read that, uh, asked how he felt as he boarded the bus. And why would, like, what? You're, that's your question? You're a journalist, and you, you're, you're sitting there with Nefi Hernandez of Honduras, and your question is, how do you feel before you board the bus? He said, nervous, though, in Spanish. He said he intended to seek asylum with his wife and baby daughter who was born in the journey from Mexico, in Spanish. Uh, Or whatever, I'm sorry, in Honduran. Uh, After protesting in Mexico's capital city, I bet that went well. (laughs) But then again, they were protesting that we're not letting them in. So maybe maybe, uh, Vicente Fox was there emceeing it. President Donald Trump and members of his cabinet have been tracking the caravan of migrants, calling it a threat to the U.S. uh, since it was announced in uh, March 25th near uh, Tapachula, near the Guatemalan border, uh, where they speak Guatemalan. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has called the caravan a deliberate attempt to undermine our laws and overwhelm our system, which uh, it is. Uh, and then the aiding and abetting this, as I say, are all these American attorneys who are down there saying, now, um, when you cross illegally into America, um, you, you have to uh, announce that you are seeking political asylum. And then uh, they will give you a hearing date. And then you don't have to show up at the hearing date. <laughs> so that's, that's the trick. So for, for everybody out there who's going through the process legally like, or, or did go through the process legally, like, oh, uh, I don't know, like my mom, um, F you. Uh, and for my, my translators, uh, three guys who spent, a total of eight years wearing U.S. Army uniforms in Baghdad with prices on their head, who took years to come here on refugee visas, F you. Turns out you should have just flown to Mexico City, held a rally denouncing the United States, and then Tijuana police would have escorted you to the U.S. border where you cross over and just claim uh, um, asylum or, uh, or whatever. So that's what's going on. The, uh, the joke's on them, though, because... Um, when you cross illegally and you say asylum, please, uh, they're typically held for up to three days at the border, then turned over to U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, uh, where they're initially screened by an asylum officer. They may be detained or released into the U.S. with ankle monitors uh, or cankle monitors, uh, whatever. Um, the, but the problem is uh, there's no room at the end. The San Ysidro crossing may be unable to take them. It faces too many at once right now. There's no room. Uh, forcing pe- Forcing people. Forcing people to wait in Mexico until it has more room for you to cross over illegally. Sorry, America's filled up. Can you just wait in Mexico uh, before you illegally cross into the U.S.? Don't get raped. And then, oh, by the way, if you're wondering, 
Costa Rica is a, a two-day walk, a one-day bus ride for where all these migrants came from. Costa Rica takes all the refugees who want to come in there, but they don't go there. You know, they have to come here. So there you go. So bottom line, I tweeted this out like at 11 this morning, was uh, that Fox was broadcasting a live shoot of a Trump 2020 commercial. And, this, and here's what kills me <clears throat> in the video. On Fox, they have two guys holding up a giant banner of uh, Trabajadores Internacional, the worker, International Workers' Party, okay, communists. So you have black and red signs of the Mexican communists there right behind the Fox guy. Um, you have people waving every flag but the American flag, demanding to break into America. Okay, They're not waving flags saying, I want to participate in American freedom and values. I will be a net gain for your country. I am an invet. None of that. None of that at all. Everything is let me the hell in. Um, free movement. No borders. All this crap. On, on Mexican soil, telling us this. This is the part that absolutely uh, 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 has me gobsmacked by so-called immigration activists. You spend so much time telling us what we owe you. So much time denouncing this country that you'll understand when we ask things like, then why do you want to come in? Or what is it about this country that they like so much that they're going to sit there yelling to come in? Is there something uh, uh, unique about this place? They, they walk through three other countries th that are primary Spanish-speaking countries. They'd be perfectly at home there. And they're probably not persecuted there. Or are they? Mm. Uh, well, it turns out Amnesty International says the most abused uh, refugee population are on the southern Mexican border. That rape and child trafficking are the order of the day from Mexican authorities, uh, state authorities and federal authorities uh, down there. So if they survive crossing into Mexico, uh, no wonder the Tijuana police uh, are, are driving into the border. Because uh, their friends down at the southern border have already uh, had a run at them, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But uh, it, it, if, if, if you're wondering how to get Americans to be sympathetic to your plight, maybe don't sit there lecturing us what we owe you. Because you know what? Right now, we owe you nothing. You're in Mexico. We owe you nothing. And you're banging on our window demanding to come in. You know what? Go try that at Peña Nieto's, uh, at the, the Mexican White House. Go bang on his gate and tell him he owes you opening up that gate and letting you in. See, see what happens then. See what the federales do to you. You know, go, go tell the Mexican authorities what they owe you. Uh, like I say, you know what? The only thing that happened today is a Trump 2020 re-election campaign commercial got some of the cheapest B-roll they're ever going to get. This is the hilarious part. All Trump has to do for 2020 is, is scan through the news. And say, grab that part, grab that part, grab that part, grab that. It may not have an impact here in California anymore, but believe you me, the scenes that, that happened in Tijuana today, those moved the needle in Ohio and Wisconsin and Michigan and other states where Trump actually went. So if you're wondering, uh, if, you're, if, you're re, if you're resetting the clock saying, there's just no way this guy's going to get reelected, just look at what you're handing him. Just look at the wins that you're handing this guy. And if you're saying, oh, no way a wall's going to be made, look at the wins that you, you, you handed him today. People were literally climbing that wall live. They were scrambling up to the top of that wall and straddling it live on camera with Fox on the Mexican side. Fox was on the Tijuana side, and young limber people were scrambling up this steel girder wall with about a one-foot separation between them um, or half a foot separation between them and getting up to the top. So basically, a, a, a live advertisement for the Trump wall is uh, what was broadcast all uh, all morning today. Man versus pot-bellied pig. Uh, the result is a felony. Uh, that and more coming up. It is Super Apple Local Sunday. Brian sits in here till 10 p.m. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappé with the news. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. It is super hyper local Sunday. Brian sits in here until 10 p.m. A Simi Valley double murder from years ago. Was it actually the Golden State Killer? Well, a guy went to jail for it. So that would be, like, wrong. But uh, we'll uh, get into that a little later on. And also, what's funny in L.A., 
or specifically what's funny in Torrance, like, you know, racial jokes about Asians, uh, turns out uh, not so funny in uh, New York. So we'll, we'll uh, get to that. Ontario, a man arrested for alleged felony animal cruelty after police said he killed a pot-bellied pig with a machete in Ontario. Uh, Ontario police responded to, you know, the 500 block of West Belmont, uh, down there by the Tollefson's Goat, there, around 12.45 p.m. on Friday, the suspect, who was not identified, killed the pot-bellied pig with a machete and was subsequently arrested. Humane Society crews took the deceased animal away. Uh, how were they able to drive through their tears? It was not immediately known uh, who owned it. Authorities said other animals on the property had people to care for them and were allowed to stay at the scene, according to police. Suspe- the suspect faced felony enemy animal cruelty charges. I sense there's a lot more to that. Yeah, they're, they're not that common, are they? Well, not As anymore. Pets? There used to be every... Remember, everyone in Hollywood... Had a frickin' pot-bellied pig. Um, and uh, Luke, uh, what was his name? Beverly Hills 90210. Oh. The main dude uh, with the sideburns. Yeah. Not Jason Priestley, but... Uh, the other dude. Yeah, what's Luke his Perry. name? Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Luke Perry. He came into this other morning show that I used to produce uh, that has uh, now, now become pretty lame. Um, across the street, uh, a music morning show, with his pot-bellied pig. And, of course, it was only four months old. So it was tiny. And it was really cute, and he was carrying it around like a, you know, this is, this is the early 90s, like a, a emotional support animal before we even knew that we needed those. So he was a real groundbreaker. Well, he swore up and down that that was the maximum size that the pig was going to get. Oh. What, he, what he didn't know, what most people who bought pot-bellied pigs didn't know is that most pigs are tiny when they're small. <laughs> anyway. And they're so cute. Yeah, and when you buy it out of a parking lot van and the guy says, oh, yeah, I live up in Visalia. <laughs> Anybody doesn't leave an address? That's going to turn into a standard farmyard hog. Um, <clears throat> because, uh, because again, not dropping names here, but, but someone uh, that I worked with early on the radio, uh, he and his wife ad- adopted what they thought were pot-bellied pigs, and they had the land to do it. They wound up with three of them. They, one of them peaked out at 600 pounds. 600 pounds. You know why? It was a hog. It wasn't a miniature pot-bellied pig. And it would actually corner them in their kitchen demanding <laughs> avocados and apples. Because here's the other thing. Well, part, part of the reason we eat ham and bacon is delicious is, is, delicious, is because pigs are a-holes. Don't you say uncle at 150 pounds? Like, oh, we're done. Yeah. Oh, and it had a, it had a, a, a urethra problem. And they dropped several thousand dollars rerouting its urethra. <laughs> and I said, seriously, this thing is at bacon stage. And you're going to drop that money to reroute it so it can pee like a girl instead of a boy hog. But they, they did. Uh, and But they bought them. They swore up and down that they were going to be uh, just miniature potbelly pigs. And they kept feeding them. And they kept getting bigger. And uh, so they, they were huge. Uh, and so I'm not justifying a guy killing a real potbelly pig with a machete. But it's just that I should point out to people. That you can go and buy piglets in L.A. County, you can raise them as livestock, and you can dispatch them uh, at at your discretion uh, or at your uh, desire for bacon or or whatever. Uh, and and you know what pot-bellied pigs are raised for in Vietnam? A bacon. Okay, to <laughs> say appetizers. Yes, yeah. when when the Vietnamese were told that, believe it or not, Americans find these things uh, as as emotional anchors. The Vietnamese said, no, no wonder we won. <laughs> good, good Lord. <laughs> no, if they need little baby pigs to feel good about themselves, no wonder we won the, the frickin' war. At least they left. We stayed here. So, uh, so anyway, that, uh, that happened. Well, there is a mystery woman. Uh, not, not a lot of bad stuff happens in, uh, in L.A.'s um, Brigadoon, which is uh, Toluca Lake. Toluca Lake, once a year, Toluca Lake exists. It's, it's like a mystery land. I love Toluca Lake. Toluca Lake is. It is, it is man. That's, that's where Sinatra lived. Sinatra lived on the lake. There well, is actually a lake there. Sinatra, when he moved out to L.A., lived in Toluca Lake. Bob Hope uh, lived with lots of celebrities. Dick Van Patten. Uh, all the, they, and they all go to Timmy Nolan's. Um, and, and it's a great little place, uh, virtually crime-free. Um, uh, Phil Spector's dentist is there. <laughs> I saw him get out of the van once. He has to pay for it. Phil Spector's dentist is in Toluca Lake. Uh, residents are on edge after a mystery woman began targeting their Burbank and Toluca Lake neighborhoods. 
Um, a uh, neighborhood watch captain, Jill Scher, said we've had someone going around opening doors and trying to get into people's homes, getting into people's homes and stealing. The mystery woman has long dark hair, was seen wearing Ugg boots with knee-high socks while carrying a large black bag with a white Chanel logo. Uh, Linda Flaherty said it was bizarre. I think it's absolutely bizarre. It's like 2.30 in the afternoon, broad daylight, sun shining, and she blatantly walks up like she owns the place. Close quotes. That's what we're looking at. So the breaking news for the rest of L.A. is there is still a place in L.A. County where you can leave your front door unlocked. Not anymore, I guess. No. But really, truly, that's what people are upset about is that Toluca Lake, you can leave your car in your house unlocked. And people do. And they did. Kind of asking for it. I, I know. This, this ain't Salt Lake City. You know, but that's how Toluca Lake was. It was like, a, you know, I insult it when I say, when I say it's a, the taint of L.A. County. It's the Salt Lake City of L.A. County. It's the Provo now here's of an, L.A. County. a question for you. Is Smokehouse in Toluca Lake or is it at Burbank? I think the Smokehouse is, because doesn't Burbank end here at the 134? Uh, Let's see. I think the Smokehouse is in L.A. Oh. I'm oh, me not sure. Uh, it's right there on the L.A. River, but it's on the, the, the west side of the L.A. River. Well, uh, there's a little something uh, that comes up on maps says it's Burbank. Uh, oh, good. Okay. So says that means, so. Lakeside uh, Drive. That means Chow uh, Christina is in uh, uh, Burbank, too. So good. And so is Doghouse on uh, Burbank. I've, I've eaten there. It's pretty and good. And Wiener Schnitzel, the original Doghouse. So uh, so there. So whoever you are, stop harassing Toluca Lake. You're upsetting the residents. We'll, you, will, you will get caught on camera. Yes, absolutely, at some point. And someone there has that doorbell uh, camera thing, I'm sure. Probably the inventor lives there at this point. The guy's making so much money. When we come back, Hale Sportsball Caliente will give us the Rams and the Chargers, their top draft picks. Also, uh, the first round of the NBA playoffs is over. And Cody Bellinger, or Bellinger, benched because he threw a poopy. Uh, that and more coming up right after this. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. You can win Monday's office with all your knowledge that you're about to be dropped on by uh, Kevin Figures from uh, our sister station down the hall. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Michael Chappay with the news. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Super Hyper Local Sunday. Obligatory sports break. And this 1980s iconic movie training montage music tells us that someone is kicking ass on a jump rope. And, and someone else is on hold. And that's El Sportsball Caliente, better known as Kevin Figures from the FNA podcast, also the Petros and Motney show on KLAC. How you doing uh, this fine evening? Taking a break between jump rope intervals myself to come talk to you and the beautiful people on KFI, Brian. Okay. What's going on? I, I, I'm going to give you. I, just, I think I've given away too many clues, but can you can you take a stab at what movie this uh, this oh. sports bed is uh, from? I have, wow, I have no idea, Brian. You got me. Sarah, you give me another. Okay, martial arts. There's no there's no Cobra Kai. There's no Cobra Kai. No Danielson. Uh, wow. It's not Big Trouble in Little China, is it? No. It's not martial arts. No, but there's a famous, uh, it's Rocky IV. Oh, okay. Well, this I, is the I stupid, known that. this is the my idiotic next, montage when he's in the Soviet Union in some oh, right. barn. Right. This is insanely long montage. going to be blood sport. Yeah, no, no. He's, he's like, he's lifting rocks and a bag full of uh, human heads of political prisoners. Yeah. Oh. And uh, meanwhile, Dolph Lundgren keeps punching more and more and more harder. <laughs> Ivan Drago. Yes. So there you go. Uh, all right, before we get into the content, I just have to ask you, uh, where did Dolph Lundgren get his master's in chemical engineering? I didn't know that he had one. Brilliant dude. Um, the University of Phoenix. Ain't the... I don't believe it existed. And he he went he got his master's in chemical engineering at the Washington State University. Did he really? He, that he did. Really? I, know a, I yeah. know a guy that went to Washington State University. I know every was it Keith Jackson, legendary <laughs> sportscaster? That's right. No, Absolutely. was it Edward R. Murrow, a groundbreaking broadcaster? I was talking about Michael Bumpus, who was a receiver in the mid two thousands, but sure. Oh, Edward R. Murrow. He was yeah, he was outstanding. He was awesome. He was excellent. He I know. One of all time receivers in Washington State history. I hear uh, Clay Thompson was pretty good in the basketball there. Yeah, he was fairly decent when he wasn't smoking weed, you know. That's, well, that was only his senior year. 
that we know. Oh, okay. Of. Let's not get him in trouble. His dad, I think, listens. Oh, okay. Michael, oh, Michael what, Clay, were you smoking the ganja? I'm Terry <laughs> Pullman. Uh, let's start with um, the National League of the Tackle Football. Uh, the How did the Chargers come out? Who are their, who did they grab? Uh, their draft came out, and again, it's all projection. We don't know how these guys are going to turn out until a couple of years down the road. But if you're listening to the pundits and the grades and the rankings, they, they turned out pretty damn well. They got a kid out of Florida State, Derwin James, with their first pick at uh, number 17 overall. And many, many people thought that Derwin James, he's a defensive back, a safety, by the way, thought he was going to go anywhere between 5 to 12. He falls all the way down to 17 for them to help out their defensive backfield. Then they end up drafting a, a local kid, Uchenna Nuosu, who is an edge rusher out of USC with their second-round pick. Some guys thought that he had some possible first-round talent. So, and that dude's a monster. Yeah, he can rush the passer. He's like 6'7", 310 or something like that. He, the, the, he's fast and he's, he's athletic freak. Yeah. Absolute athletic freak to already add to a defensive line that's already pretty damn good there uh, with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. So that just adds another element for them to get after the passer. As uh, they so, say in the fourth quarter, fast guys slow down, but big guys don't shrink. That's right. Absolutely. Who wrote that? Uh, uh, Coach Jim Walden of the Washington State University. Mm. Uh, and and so, by the way, then I saw that a guy who's been invited to Chargers camp, not drafted, was a survivor of the Aurora, Colorado, James Holmes uh, theater massacre. Actually, was which in- is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I saw his, his a small profile on him before the draft started, and it's uh, pretty amazing. This guy has a chance to fulfill his dream and going to the NFL. When that, there was a point in time where his life was literally in danger in one of the worst massacres in the in the United States over the last few decades. Um, and then the Rams. Uh, the Rams didn't have much of a draft this year because they traded away all their picks for established players, which is no not a bad way to go. You end up getting guys like Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters and, and uh, the, the receiver they got from New England. Uh, there's some pretty established players to try to make a run at getting a Super Bowl right now as opposed to growing homegrown talent. Now, with that all being said, they did get, I believe, 10 draft picks, but nobody before the third round. Their top pick was a tackle out of TCU. Uh, no really major names uh, to speak of. It was really a lot of just building some depth, maybe getting some guys that can help them on their special teams or whatnot. Um, but so not a lot of noise being made by the St. Louis, the St. Louis Rams. See, I did it already. The L.A. Rams, they've only been here for a couple of years, Brian. Not much noise being made by them uh, in the draft because much of their, most of the big moves they made were in the earlier part of the offseason during free agency. Uh, and uh, by now everyone knows that Sam Darnold is going to be a New York Jet and yep. uh, Josh Rosen, who just wants everyone to know how smart he is and uh, what, a, what a moody, moody kid is, and he's the smartest guy in the room. And that, of course, goes over really well with the NFL. So he, he drops. He's going to be uh, in the NFC West, but he's going to be a Arizona Cardinal. In for a little bit of a rude awakening with the kind of attitude and demeanor you think that's not going to really fly in a locker room with some veterans mixed in there. I would have really been intrigued for those people who don't follow the NFL super closely. The head coach of the Arizona Cardinals over the last six or seven years has been a guy named Bruce Arians. Very, very chappy, very, very serious. I would have loved to have seen his dynamic in a relationship with Josh Rosen, but he just retired this offseason. Yeah. So he was, he's been replaced with a rookie head coach. Uh, but look, He's going to have a chance to compete for the starting job. I do think Sam Bradford, uh, who's a veteran who can't stay healthy, is ultimately going to end up uh, usurping him for the starting position. But it gives Josh some time to learn under the ropes. He said he's going to be humble. It's easier said than done when you've been kind of arrogant, you know, for, well, ever, for as long as you've been in the public spotlight since your high school days. So it's going to be an interesting situation. I will say this, Brian, I appreciate, I respect the fact that uh, he has enough confidence in himself to say that I was the best quarterback on the board. Three guys went ahead of me that I shouldn't have, and I'm going to prove everybody wrong. I don't necessarily mind that aspect of it. Yeah, and I, I congratulate the Buffalo Bills on having enough self-awareness to know that picking Josh Rosen to play in Buffalo mm-hmm. would, uh, would, would have been uh, disastrous on and off the field. <clears throat> yeah, not the, not the best mix. Not, not the best mix in the world. Yeah. Small market town, blue-collar town, not for a guy who's uh, – thought of being a little bit of Hollywood mentality, laid back Manhattan beach guy, you know, like Josh Rosen probably fits a little bit better in Glendale, Arizona than he does in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Um, all right. So the first round uh, with, with LeBron uh, uh, getting to uh, and, and winning a game seven, they're out of the first round. The first round of the NBA playoffs are over. So should I care? Uh, 
you should care if you like uh, competitiveness, especially in the Eastern Conference, because the last couple of years, seven years to be exact, where LeBron James-led teams have pretty much dominated the postseason, now, it's up to question right now. You know, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, and after the Pacers won game one of the series against the Cavaliers, we said, oh, the Cavs will be fine, won't be much of an issue. They have to go to a game seven today and only ended up winning by four points. So LeBron James is being pushed to the brink with one of the least talented teams he's had in about 10 or 11 years of being a pro. The Eastern Conference right now is wide open. And think of this, I mean, at a certain point, the Philadelphia 76ers, who are a laughing stock the last five years, they might have a legitimate shot of making it out of the Eastern Conference and getting to the NBA Finals. Yeah. If you would have said that as, even as last year, if you would have told me this time last year the Sixers even had a chance to sniff the NBA Finals, i say you're insane. And LeBron James, I, I, I guess, is the first NBA player ever to have over 40 points in every single game in a seven-game series in an NBA playoff. Did you hear that? I did. That's that's pretty amazing. I didn't hear that, but that's that's pretty dang phenomenal. That's, like, kind of good. Yeah, kind of good. Well, and he, had, and he has to, considering that he's been carrying the entire series, this entire team. I do believe in game six he only scored 22, so maybe average oh, 40 okay. points. But, but he did. And the offense has a whole yeah. struggle in game six in Indiana. But it just tells you the important – he had 45 today in the closeout game. tells you how important he is for every single solitary thing that the Cavaliers do. I mean, the guy left the, left the court because he cramped up at the end of the third quarter, and you would have thought the sky was falling and all the air was sucked out of Cleveland's arena because they knew how important this guy is to what they do. So now they move on to take on a Toronto Raptor team that's not going to be an easy out. And if they do get past them, they're likely going to have to face again those 76ers who are as talented as anyone and have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, and real quickly, the Dodgers are reminding everyone why Major League Baseball doesn't award a runner-up for the World Series. Yeah. Uh, they they lose three out of four up in the Bay to, uh, to Los Gigantes. And today, uh, Cody Bellinger hits a towering shot it, it should have been, for a young guy, should have been a, a stand-up triple, but he trots it into a double, and Dave Roberts benches him like it's high school. Yep, Dave Roberts sits him on the bench saying he didn't hustle enough. Cody Bellinger was a, was a bit defiant when he talked to the media after the game, saying, like, well, I'll hustle after every play, and I didn't want to risk making an out at third base with us being down by four runs at that point in time in the game. And to your point, had he been hustling out of the box, it seemed simple. to Even as a guy who doesn't have the greatest wheels in the world, you know, he, called, he hit it in a place called Triples Alley. That's where triples are made in that stadium because they know, regardless of how heavy footage you are, if you're, if you're busting your ass, you'll be able to make it around the bases and get to third base pretty easily. And uh, Dave Roberts, I think there's a couple of different reasons. I think he wanted to kind of send a message to the rest of the team that if I can bench one of my best sluggers, this can happen to anybody. Uh, the way they were playing right now is pretty unacceptable. So I do think to a certain degree he felt that Bellinger was dogging it, but to another, he's just trying to find anything he can to light a spark under the team, which is struggling yeah. right now. I don't get why you just don't hold up the guy's paycheck and say, see, <laughs> see this? I mean, uh, like, that's, a high, that's a high school tactic, to bench a guy. Think, yeah, you think so. But I guess that's the way they – I mean, look, the guy's going to get paid regardless. And, by the way, Bellinger's a rookie. So, I guess, uh, re, re, speaking – relatively speaking to the rest of the players on this team, he's not making that much money to, to you or I, you know, the guys, you know, Fort Knox over there. Uh, but to take away the thing that he prides himself on, these players want to play, especially young guys, especially Bellinger, who wants to build on what he did last year. The best way to get inside a guy's head like that, to send a message to him, it's the takeaway that I think he cherishes most, and that's his playing time. All right, Kevin Figures is half of the FNA podcast, also with the Petros and Money uh, show, uh, 2 to 6 o'clock on our sister station, KLAC, your home of the Doyers. All right, thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Brian. Take care. Talk to you next week. All right, we'll, we'll be back right after this. Whole Foods getting all racist. Um, Yellow Fever is the name of a uh, restaurant inside Whole Foods. They don't like that in New York, not like they do in Torrance. Really, really, we'll get to that right after this. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian suits in here until 10 p.m. KFI, AM 640. More stimulating talk. Michael Chappelle with the news. KFI, AM 640. More stimulating talk. It is Super Hyper Local Sunday. Brian suits wrapping things up here. Final story uh, before we get to the guy and the preacher in Redlands who decided standing up after the Avengers Infinity War and preaching in a dark theater. Would be talking about heaven would be a good idea before we get to that guy. Um, Whole Foods, the first Whole Foods market, uh, Whole Foods 365, located on the East Coast, 
And the seventh in the country opened uh, at Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Uh, but here's the deal. Whole Foods Market, now owned by Amazon, sparked social media outrage after its newest store partnered with an Asian restaurant with the racially charged name of Yellow Fever. If you've been to the Whole Foods 365 in the LBC, then uh, you know that Yellow Fever is a chain here in the SoCal. Um, for instance, an Asian bowl uh, is called uh, Yellow Fever. Uh, uh, pardon me. I should say an Asian bowl restaurant called Yellow Fever in the middle of the whitest Whole Foods uh, has, is, has people. Uh, this is what a Columbia University professor, Marie Myung Ok Lee, wrote on Twitter. She said, quote, an Asian bowl restaurant called Yellow Fever in the middle of the whitest Whole Foods. Is this taking back of a racist image or colonized mind? Whatever she means. Columbia, right? Whole Foods, uh, which has eight stores in the 365 chain uh, that was launched with a no-frills concept, uh, declined comment. But uh, here's the deal. Yellow Fever celebrates all things Asian, the food, the culture, the people. Uh, and our menu reflects that featuring cuisine from Korea, Japan, China, Vietnam, Thailand, and Hawaii, said Kelly Kim, the executive chief and co-founder of Yellow Fever, which also operates two L.A. area restaurants. And she is also, by the way, Asian. Uh, she says, quote, we have been a proud Asian female-owned business since our founding over four and a half years ago in Torrance, California. She is Korean-American. In previous interviews, she said she was aware that the name choice would be attention-getting and controversial. One, one night, we just said yellow fever, and it worked. It's tongue-in-cheek, kind of shocking, and it's not exclusive. You can fit all Asian cultures under one roof with a name like that. So it's a Asian-owned, Asian-founded restaurant with a what what white people would call an insensitive name because if if you don't know yellow fever means a white guy who's into Asian chicks uh, or as we call them uh, U.S. Navy sailors. Um, so uh, you know what you paid your money for a Friday night showing uh, of, of the Avengers. You paid your fourteen bucks. Movie runs two and a half hours. It's a Marvel movie, so the lights don't come up when the movie ends because things happen to propel the story and the next part happen. Well, in Redlands, a guy stood up and uh, decided to start preaching. He was Michael Weber of the something or rather Truth and Triumph Ministries. We'll hear from him in a second, but uh, here's, uh, here's what he said, according to a witness. I think when he said, if you were to die tonight, would, would your passage to heaven be guaranteed? Something along those lines. And I think that's when people started panicking. They were able to... Yeah, isn't yeah. that weird? Yeah, do it. Uh, at, at a movie theater. So CBS2 reached out to tw the 28-year-old preacher, and this is what he says. This is his explanation for this excellent use of his time. Last night was an anomaly. Uh, the lights did not turn up for quite a few minutes. And so I really couldn't see anyone's reaction except those of the people. Hey, dumbass, that's how Marvel movies work. But that's not your business, oh. people's reaction. Uh, yeah, so it's dark. Uh, and he had his hands up so you knew he wasn't armed. And so I really couldn't see anyone's reaction except those of the people just right around me. Yeah, what were they doing? <laughs> One woman injured her head. It's extremely unfortunate that anyone has sustained injury because of this. Um, again, I was unarmed. Okay, oh, that makes everything better. One wow. woman was in the balcony. She hurt her, her melon. So You uh, can have gas canisters. Who knows? Oh, my God. If somebody starts talking... That stuff inside a closed theater. Yeah. yeah. That's... Uh, if you were to die tonight, is your right. place in heaven guaranteed? He didn't stand up and say, I'll be at the Avalon Theater tonight with the Smiths. Mention, <laughs> mention Richard Blade. Get in free with all kinds of goodies. No. He said, is your place in heaven guaranteed? So good choice. Uh, maybe next time go to a biker bar. Should have had the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Run down to Compton uh, wearing a pillow sheet over your head. Uh, and <laughs> And yell, does anyone have a gallon of gas? I'm fresh out for my cross. <laughs> Try that out next time, huh? Um, all right. Well, we don't have time for heavy scene free couch. Uh, we'll uh, do. We'll double no, up, no double up next week. Uh, all right. So thanks to Joey Murata, the executive producer and the assistant producer as well. Uh, Josh Saylor, Michael Chappé. We'll see you back here Sunday at 8 p.m. for Super Hyper Local Sunday, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk.